0: Hey hey everybody. How's it going? So as we're speaking, I'm actually recording this at let me see. Um let me look at the time. I'm actually recording this at um 2:26 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> so um nothing like recording something this early in the morning, am I right? I was trying to record something like So right now it's like 2:26. Sunday, right? Sunday morning. I was going to record this at like 10 p.m. Saturday night. Yeah, that didn't work out so well. So here we are. And also, um, apologies for like not getting an episode out by Wednesday. Because I know it's kind of been like our weekly thing. But after talking to after talking to some friends and whatnot, I think the path that I'm going to go is I'm going to try to start doing Saturdays. Like, start doing weeklies. Like, basically an episode is released every Saturday. However, there is the possibility that, like, it may be released before Saturday, but Saturday is, like, the deadline, if that makes any sense, you guys. And hopefully, like, by me doing that, I'm able to, um, hopefully I'll be able to get more episodes out there and whatnot by doing this kind of like more structured, organized system. But I also put it on Saturdays because that's like my Sabbath day, to be honest. It's my rest day, usually the day I don't do a whole lot. And so if I put it on Saturday, I can really like research the topic, um, structure the whole podcast better. And even maybe edit some photos when I, you know, go and promote it. Maybe make a, uh, customize a thumbnail. Things of that nature. So now that that's out of the way, I hope you guys had a great week. My week's been quite busy. I've definitely been working a whole lot more here lately. And not a bad thing, by the way. Work is not bad for me. It's great. And more work means more happiness for me. It's just been a, a man. It just like seems like this weeks go on, I get busier and busier. But like, it's a good thing to me. Like, it doesn't bother me. I will say though, today I had to. Do, I, I take a online biology class. Well, it's like I'm in high school and I'm a senior, but I'm doing an online college class with Trent McConnell through like dual enrollment and whatnot. And so I'm doing their biology class. It's kind of like, it's almost like their introductory biology class. They make everyone take it, so I'm taking it, but I'm doing it online. And for this week, and every week we have a lab, right? But for this week, for some odd reason, we had like, instead of one lab, it was like three different labs put into one. And so literally from like 9.30 to I think... About 6 o'clock, I worked on that. So 9.30 a.m. to 6 p.m., I was working on that baby all day long. Which at first, I was kind of like, ooh, ooh, that's annoying. But then, like, I reflected back on it, and I thought to myself, I was like, you know what? I'm kind of glad I spent my day doing that because... It almost forced me to slow down today, even though I was like still somewhat working because it's, you know, college work and whatnot. So I'm still working in some sense. But in another sense, it made me stop being so much in a rush and just kind of like have a really good peace and focus today. I was still like, you know, doing a little bit of productivity with the labs doing like liquids and chemicals and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, reflecting on it, it was actually really peaceful to just be able to, you know, slow down, slow down, focus, and enjoy what I was doing in the moment because it was fun. I love, I wouldn't say I I love science, but I don't hate it either anymore. I've noticed my love for science is increasing, which is really interesting. I've been just been listening to some podcasts here lately, I guess, with like Nick, um, Neil deGrasse Tyson and Um, Elon Musk, and I mean, obviously those are like two extraordinary people in their respective fields, but I've just really been getting interested here in science and whatnot, so hey, maybe that'll be a passion. So yeah, that's been my week so far. Well, that was my week, now it's Sunday, so here comes the new week, am I right? I will go ahead and say, um, let's definitely keep And I was thinking about doing stuff like, hey, what's going on in the world? But I think for this week, let's just keep, um, if I'm not mistaken, let's just keep everyone who was affected by Hurricane Florence in our prayers. I mean, I think in North Carolina, I could be wrong, but... I've heard of um, 30, I think 30 casualties, and man, that's just kind of blows my mind in some sense, you know, well, it would well, not, not blows my mind, but it kind of sets me back, because I'm like, geez, you know, you wouldn't think a category two hurricane could do that much damage, but 30 people lost, and no telling how many more um, there might be to come, hopefully, you know, no one else, but you never know, with, with uh, nature and hurricanes and stuff like that, natural disasters, and it's not even a death either. Some people have been—I wouldn't say um, homeless—but their homes have been flooded for about almost going on, almost approaching two weeks now, and they're evacuated for probably about three weeks now. So some people haven't been home in three weeks. It might even be longer, maybe two months before they can go home. It's just crazy to me. So let's just pray for those people affected by Hurricane Florence and. Um, I don't know anywhere, anywhere else we're having unnatural disasters in the U.S., but just pray for natural disasters in general it's in, in terms of um the recovery process for everybody. Because it's not easy, you know. It can't be. And, yes, you probably will be hearing music throughout this uh, podcast, by the way. I'm trying to, like, use the music to kind of block out my voice right now. I'm trying to keep a little bit um, quieter because, like I said, it's like, it's... a.m. in the morning and I'm recording this. I'm trying to like not wake anybody up. So let's see if I can do a good job at that. I'm kind of like going back and forth whether I'm going to do good at that. So anyways, the topic for this episode is episode five. Woohoo, we made it guys. And don't forget you can follow us on Instagram. And our Instagram is mvpodcast. That is the letter M the letter V, and the word podcast. And you can follow us on Instagram. We'll keep you updated. And I do plan on doing more fan interactions on there. So, hey, who knows if you give us a shout-out on your Instagram story or you post about us, maybe we'll give you a shout-out back here on the podcast or even repost your post. You never know, man. So here we go, episode five. And this episode is kind of like, I wouldn't say near and dear to my heart, even though it is and isn't, but it's not like a severe topic. It's more of just an interesting topic that I've been thinking about lately. And that is the concept of mind, body, and soul. I'll say that one more time just in case you didn't catch it. I've been really thinking about the mind, the body, and the soul, and how they all kind of connect in our daily lives excuse me. But what kind of started this um, I guess, thinking process is, you know, being in the gym and everything, I was kind of thinking to myself, you, you know, what are like the components of what drives you to keep going in the gym? What is your foundations, your backbones of what motivates me to go to the gym? And I fi- and I found kind of like the I would say foundation slash fundamental things that kind of motivate me help me stay in the gym and you know why I go to the gym and I kept finding myself being kind of almost in this triangle of the mind the body and the soul and how they all connect to give us strength and that's really where this kind of um topic slash conversation began in my head it's been in my head for probably about three weeks now and I've talked it out with many 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 people and so let's just dive right into it, shall we? So when it first started, you know, this is how I think about it. Think about a triangle, like a triangle, that, like a perfect triangle, all sides, equal, equilibrium, triangle, equilibrium, or equilateral. Oh, boy, I did not pay attention in geometry. <laughs> but anyway, it's just a triangle with equal sides, equal degrees, whatnot. So just imagine that kind of triangle, and at the top of the triangle, you know the very tip, the peak of the triangle, I would put mind and then on the low on on the lower left hand corner of the triangle, I put body, and then on the lower right hand side of the triangle um I put um soul, so you have mind at the top, body on the left downside and soul on the right bottom side that's just you know kind of how I did in my head and I think that's very important to have that picture in your head because these three uh, fundamental elements have you need a equal I think you need a really good balance and equilibrium of all three of those because you know you can't you can't have your full strength your full potential if you just have the body you can't have all that if you just have the soul or you just have the mind or maybe you have the body and the mind, but you don't have the soul, or maybe you have the mind and the soul, but you don't have the body, you know, things like that, you have to have all three for it to all perfectly work together and balance out and whatnot, and so you're kind of wondering, where's the, why is this on a Christian podcast, why are you talking about body, mind, and soul on a Christian podcast, don't worry, I will get there, and so I kind of wrote, I actually have notes here for once, by the way. And so, mind, body, and soul are essential to our daily lives. And examples of that, of where it comes into effect and into play, is, you know, at the gym, at work, at school. And it even comes a factor, I think, in our, health, in like our personal well-being slash our health. Though that's where they really come into effect, is kind of like those areas. Of course, there's probably more, there's more out there. Those were just kind of like highlight examples that popped in my mind. And so let's just kind of like, let's just run through how do like we personally define the mind, body, and the soul. And this is the general world definition. So just like, excuse me, man, I'm just, I hope you didn't hear, I just kind of burped on live, uh, live here on the podcast. I hope you guys didn't have to hear that. That's kind of disgusting. But anyways, so let's say, you, you know, you pull out a dictionary, you went to like Web Merriam-Webster, you just... I Googled it. So how do we define, you know, body or how do we define mind, body, and soul? And so the mind, usually we think of it as mental thoughts. You know, what are we thinking? What's going on up in there? And we see it as judgment, you know, almost our rationale. We even can see it as our confidence. Our mindset is where our willpower drives from is where we get our confidence. And our rationale part from also comes from the mind, because we think, what's possible? Our mind is where we get those questions of, can I do this? Can I do that? And by the way, these definitions, I'm not saying I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying this is how we define it in our everyday lives. And then we move on to the body. The body, we the body usually is defined. We define it as a physical form, which that's accurate across all levels we see it as tangible it's real we can touch our bodies we can touch our hand we can touch our eye we can touch our ears stuff like that you know head shoulders knees and toes that sort of ordeal we also see our body as ours like we can do what we want with it which i'll get into that later because that can be really dangerous when we say well it's my body and i can do what i want yes and no it is your body but you'll you'll see what I'm talking about later. And then the last one is actually really, I think, unique in terms of general definition definitions and maybe one we don't think about in our day to day lives. And that's the definition of soul. I think we as people, just on, you know, the base level, the ground level, the dirt level, whatever you want to call it, we tend to we define soul as emotions. Um People even define soul as spiritual. Now, when I say spiritual, I don't mean a Christianity sense or a religious sense. They say spiritual in the sense of something like the energy in their body, you know, something like that. Usually you see that for a lot of yoga people, martial arts people. Or we, or here's another thing, we also, another definition of soul, usually we mix it with the mind, but the mind and the soul. I don't know if I'd say they're distinctly different because all three of these elements are intertwined. But the soul is different from the mind and it's not the exact same. So we should, you know, be cautioned not to mix those up. Okay, so let's just see, what is the Bible? So now we have, so those are like the world, like the world, the general, you know, dictionary definitions of the mind, body, and the soul. Or at least that's what I kind of, um, thought of first when I was writing this, I was like, all right, what comes to mind first? And that's what I do. I just kind of, that's the best thing to do sometimes. If you're, you know, ever wondering about something or want to dive deep into any kind of information, just kind of sit there, sit back and go, man, like, okay, so this is that. And Oh, wow. Like there was something that really, really blew me away. Um, while I was researching this and praying through this and thinking through this. And I cannot wait to share it with you guys. It's at the end. So, you know, hang around to the end of the podcast to find out. But really cool stuff I think happened here. And so let's just, um so let's just go through what the Bible says about the mind, body, and soul. And I'm gonna flip on over here with my handy dandy notes. And I'm gonna open my Bible. Yes, there are Bible verses in this podcast. Whoa, whoa, shocker. So how does the Bible define the mind? So let's begin with the first one. The Bible defines the mind as thoughts. In Romans 12, 2, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so that verse right there kind of tells us that the way we think, the way we approach things, you know this uh, this relates to the thought process the the thought definition of our mind, the way we think and the thoughts we have can it could possibly conform us to the world so we can start thinking like you know like the world we can start thinking just as flesh thinks but- re- but in Romans twelve two we see God saying, "Don't conform to that you know be be transformed by the renewing of your mind so he's saying, renew your thoughts renew you like refocus yourself on what's really important." The Bible also describes mind as emotion. We can see this in Philippians four six. It says, "Don't be anxious." And also, we can see it in verses like Proverbs fifteen eighteen. It says, and it talks about a hot-tempered man. There's many parts in the Bible where you see. Um, perhaps you can even talk about you know parts in the Bible where it talks about don't fear, don't be anxious, um, be slow to temper. You know, like I said in the Proverbs fifteen eight, it talks about a hot-tempered man. So we can see where the mind is intertwined with emotion. Usually we perhaps associate emotion with soul, which I say that's debatable. I'm not saying my answer is final. My answer is finite. But I do think, you know, I think the mind, or I should say, I think emotion tends to be more solely based and sourced with our minds. And then the third thing the Bible kind of defines the mind as intellect or, you know, intellect or ethical. So our kind of ethical thinking, like but almost kind of back to the rationale I defined earlier. So our intellectual thinking, our cognitive thinking, um, and then the ethical side of, is this what's right, what's wrong? And I drew this from Romans 7, 25, and it's the part that says, with my mind, I serve the law of God. And of course, you know, you're probably like, well, where's the ethical in that? So you're looking at the law of God, which is the law of God is meant to kind of tell us like like what not to do and what to do. So what's good, what's bad, and that relates to the ethical part. And you can also relate that to the intellectual definition of mind. And this is where the Bible defines um, intellect, because obviously to serve God and to serve the law of God you have to be very knowledgeable of of what decisions to make, you know, when to make a decision or how to make a decision, how to approach a thing, and that's where the Bible brings in the intellect part of the mind. And then the second kind of like step phase of this is, what do we do with the mind? We can define it, but this is the hard part. What do we do with the mind? Don't worry, I got you covered. I think this one's pretty interesting we don't think about. But one of the things we need to do with the mind is forgive others. And forgiving others ties into the overall idea that we need to control our emotions. I'm not saying go through life and be like, so, hey Jim, this is what I'm saying. Don't go through, you don't have to be that person in life that every time someone says, Hey, man, how's your day going? You don't have to be like, it's good. And literally every time someone says, hey, good morning, how, how are you feeling? You don't have to just be like, I'm all right. I'm good. I'm blessed. It's okay to be like, you know what? i got to be honest with you, Jimbo. You know, this, this uh, poor old Johnny soul right here ain't doing so well. Like, it's okay to be like, hey, Jimbo, I ain't doing so hot. You can be honest. I'm not saying be emotionless, but control your emotions, don't let anger drive you. Um, don't even let the wrong kind of love drive you. There are wrong kinds of love out there, deceitful love. So be very cautious. And from that, I will read, you know, James 1.19 tells us, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And that relates to the idea of controlling your emotions, controlling your mind of, you know, you know, we I think we've all had someone that's hurt us, or maybe someone, I think more relatable, we've had someone in a room next to us, they kind of say something that was really controversial, you know, really gets the fire going under, really kind of pokes us with a stick. And we get, we just ready. We immediately in our minds, we go, I will think of a comeback for that one. Like you will not get me on this one. I will fire back. But really we should be slow to speak and slow to anger, but be quick to listen. So even when someone makes us angry, even when it sounds controversial, we should be like, you know what? Let me stop and let me think. Let me think about this. That's what we should do. Another thing we should do is we should be humble in knowledge, which is weird because you think, oh, what do I do with my mind? I don't think one of the things you would think is kind of be humble about what you know. It's a really cool concept. Because at at, what, what I mean by... Being humble in knowledge, truly what I'm what I'm trying to get at is just know that you're limited. It's okay to be like, yeah, I'm pretty smart. I'm pretty knowledgeable in academics and sports and common sense. But at the end of the day, we all need to realize, even if we have the IQ of 200 or 300 or 400 or 500, whatever our IQ is, we need to realize that we are a limited species. We are limited people. And so our knowledge is very limited. So we need to be humble in what we know. And that derives from um, Proverbs 28, 26. And it says, Those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. And so that's the idea of trusting in your own knowledge, being basically thinking, Oh, well, you know, God's old. God has been here for many years. The Bible is outdated. I know better than him. Well, pal, you don't. Newsflash, you're not that smart compared to God. Whoa, mic drop. Boom, nailed it. Anyways, let's move on. And kind of like the third one, what we should do with our mind is focus on God. If we can really get our mindset to focus on God and God's desires, I think we can really accomplish a heck, a whole lot. Of stuff in life and to kind of encourage you guys to really put your mind on God and focus on God I'm going to read from Joshua 1 9 you've heard this again but I'll say it again have I not commanded you this is God talking have I not commanded you be strong and courageous do not be afraid do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go So that's just saying, focus your mind on me. Focus on me. And all all things are possible through me. All i got to do is just focus your mind on me. Don't keep your mind on the doubts and the fears and the low confidence and low self-esteem. Get your mind off the past. Yes, you've made mistakes, but I'm ready to forgive you. I'm ready to lead you to better, bigger, and brighter things. So just focus on God. All right, and let's kind of, I got to actually flip back through my notes. I wrote these in the wrong order, so, and that's the mind. Let's move on to the body. And so, what does the Bible describe the body as? Well, the first one, and then, like I said, this is kind of a very general accepted definition of, of body throughout um, all definitions, and the Bible defines body um, as physical In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust. Which, of course, there's more to that verse, but that's the piece I'm going to focus on. It's basically saying God formed man from dust. He took something physical, like dust, and he made us so we are still like a physical being. That's where we come from. We, We are physical beings. God, at that moment, I don't think he was necessarily a physical being because he was still, you know, that was before Jesus came and everything. So I think in that time of the garden of Eden, I don't know if God was necessarily a physical being. I don't think so. But we were made to but we were made as physical beings. So our body is physical. Secondly, our body is a gift from God. In Psalms 1 um in Psalm 139 verse 14 it says, "I praise you, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Man, let me just say it again. That's one of those good verses. Psalm uh, 139, verse 14, it says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And that really um, just set, just profounds this definition of body, that our body is truly a gift from God because we're made by God and made in His image, made in His likeness. And made to have his blessing in our life if we were to follow him. So we're really, you know, our bodies are a gift from God. And that's where this definition almost intertwines with the next one. So moving on to the next definition. The body, biblically, our body is also defined as a temple. Um, So let me just read from... Um, 1 Corinthians 6, yeah, 1 Corinthians 6, chapter 6, verse 19 through 20. This is what the scripture says. Do you not know that your body... Oh, excuse me, let me restart. Verse 19. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not on your own. You were bought at a price... Therefore, honor God with your body. Let me read verse 20 again. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And so that really speaks to our bodies being a temple and whatnot in the kingdom. And we're supposed to, and so basically our bodies, they're a gift from God, but at the same time, they're, they're meant to serve as a reflection for God. And that's where we move into, so, so that's the definition of the body. The body is physical. It's a gift from God in a temple. So now your mind's filled with all these things. What do we do with this body? Well, my friend, I'm glad you asked. So what do we do with this body, you may ask? Step one, well, not really step one, but the first thing that I wrote down is our bodies are meant to be a reflection of God. And so what I mean by that is our bodies, I'm not saying, our bodies should be, you know, we should be healthy, we should be um, good living. I'm not saying everyone should have a six-pack and do CrossFit, which would be amazing. Because trust me, I wish I had a six-pack. I got the CrossFit part down, but the six-pack, eh, diet's a little bit off. (laughs) But I think our bodies should be a reflection of God, so we should... We should really take care of our temples you know think about going into almost going into a five-star restaurant it's very clean very always took care of there's always someone constantly cleaning out the place cleaning the dishes maybe even redoing the paint you know every other month or something like that nature maybe even bringing in new chandeliers or something like that nature and so our bodies should be well took care of we should be well maintained be healthy be able to do the physical things on a daily basis and just people be like, man, he, you know, people should be able to look at us and say, Hey, wow, he can really take care of himself. Like, that's awesome. Of course there are people out there who are less fortunate, can't take care of themselves that well, which is understandable. But this is me speaking to the average American and an average person who is able to take care of themselves on a basic um, need. It's just be presentable in the way you look and, Perhaps the way you smell, even maybe the way you sound, that too, that could possibly be a thing. And what else do we do with the body? This kind of ties back to what I was saying earlier. We recognize that our body is really not our body, but it's God's body. Now, I don't say that in the way of God's going to determine and dictate what you can or can't do. You can work out at this gym, but you can't work out over here. Or, hey, you can get this tattoo, you can't get this tattoo. Which, by the way, I'm not against tattoos. I think that is a conversation that should be left up between God and the individual. So that's why I say that. I'm not saying God wants to... I I don't say that as in the fact that God dictates what we do and what we don't do as far as our physical bodies and physical activities are concerned. But it should be no... But we should, you know, recognize... That, this, that our bodies are a gift from God, that we shouldn't be like, oh, well, I got this body on my own. I earned these six packs on my own. Heck, if it was up to me, Jack, I'd have a 12-pack. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we should just recognize that this body is meant to reflect and be almost a representation picture of God and his likeness. Because remember, we're made in his image, so let's keep that image postured and well-maintained. Just kind of flip the page here. Boo! And what else should we do with this body? With our physical bodies, we should also help others. You know, we're given us physical bodies because we are also given responsibilities to do. Yes, you're accepted into a relationship with God, but with that relationship, we also have responsibilities. They're not always, you know, terrible, evil responsibilities, but just things that help us grow and become more full of character and full of life and knowledge. And so with these bodies, we should seek to help others. And kind of like the fourth point I want to make here is that we should also be healthy and exercise. And like I said earlier, not everyone has to run around being like, yeah, CrossFit, baby. No, that's not what I'm saying. Even though that's what I do, I'm not going to lie. I love it. I love CrossFit so much. I do think we all need to maintain a healthy state to where people can look at us and they can be like, oh wow, like like I said, like people can look at us and tell, and they can tell that we take care of ourselves. Now, as far as does that mean we have to stay in the weight limit? Is it like a sin to be overweight? Honestly, I don't feel comfortable answering that right now because I can't give you a full, confident answer. But basically, just improve. But the reason why I say a healthy lifestyle and exercise. Is something we should do with our bodies. I say that because if we can increase or improve physically, then we are able to help people more. We're able to do more things for the kingdom. Like, hey, you know, old Mary Jane Sally needs a hole dug. You know what? Because you're healthy and you're physically able to, you can go help her out for the kingdom, bro. Like, yeah, awesome. Kingdom power. And this is where we get to the interesting one. Let's talk about the soul. So what does the Bible define the soul as? The first thing I think the soul is associated with is, and this is where I put quotes on here, the soul is defined as the source of life. If you look back in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says, God breathed life, breathed the breath of life into man, into his nostrils, basically. And I think that is really where the soul became implemented into our world or into our bodies, I should say, into our mind, into our life. And so the soul is seen as a source of life because God breathed it into us. It's something of God. It's something that all, not all creation, not all organisms, not all species have. It's uniquely for us as humans. But the soul is also a connection to God and his gifts, which is really interesting to think about. So the soul is really a spiritual aspect. It's not Spiritual in terms of our energy or our key, as some people of some martial artists would say, our soul is a spiritual battle, almost a spiritual conflict within. It's basically our connection, our hotline, our guideline, our landline to God. That's what it is. And so, if you will, let me read First Corinthians chapter two. First um, Corinthians chapter two, verse. 14 through 15. And that says, let me read on down here, verse verse 14, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness, and they cannot understand them because they are disconcerned, I think that's that word, only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgment about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. And so basically I think what I think verse 14 is the one to focus on there is that if you don't have the spirit, if you don't have the soul, you know, I think we all obviously have souls, but if we don't allow our soul to be connected with God and have that relationship with God, then we're never going to realize our full potential. We're never going to see, you know, the spiritual gifts that God has put in our lives. So we have to have that kind of a soul connection with god in order to really see the true identity and the true purpose that we were created with and so what do we do with this soul it's kind of an interesting thing what do i do with this soul you know the first thing i think we do is we pray and we meditate on god in matthew six um matthew chapter six verse six in the first part it says but when you pray go into your room close the door and pray to your father who is unseen the reason why i say pray prayer goes with you know what do we do with the soul i think i say that because prayer is like our connection our talk our interaction with god and the soul is the same thing i mean it's our source of life it's our source to god it's our root in the kingdom so prayer is very important in that regard And, and secondly, what do we do with our souls? Well, like I said, we, we all as humans have souls. That does not necessarily mean we're, you know, clicked with God right off the bat. And so what do we do with our soul? We, we yield it to God. We yield our lives to God. Because like I said, the soul is a source of life. And in that sense, life is the soul. Soul is life. You get what I'm saying. So we should yield our soul, yield our lives to God. And to give you kind of a picture of what that looks like is Revelation 3.20 says, Here I am. I stand at the door and and knock. If anyone hears my voice, hello, and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. I hope you guys love that sound effects, by the way. And so just Jesus knocking at the door just saying, hey, hey, bud, hey, like, let me in. I want to be a part of your life. I have something greater and much, you know, far better than anything you could ever imagine. So Jesus is at your soul right now. If you know Jesus and you've already invited him in, awesome. I hope you guys are having the best dinner. <laughs> but if you, had, if you never accepted Jesus into your heart and your life and your lifestyle he's right there just going hey man hey open up open up I want I want to share life with you I want to show you the better part of life the better side of life I want you to be on my side of the fight the winning side hey you don't have to keep struggling you don't have to be you know labeled by your sin Hey, you don't have to be condemned no more. You don't have to be damned no more by your sin. You can be forgiven. Just let me in. He's at the door of your soul doing that. And if we can yield to God, yield our life, yield our spirit and our soul to God, I think you will see a drastic change not only in your in your day-to-day life. You'll see a drastic change in your mind and in your body. Like I said, these three are inner, inner Connected like a triangle. And I think another important thing we do with the soul is that we are willing to recognize spiritual warfare. Yes, guess what, people? There is a war against flesh. There is a war against the devil. There's a war against temptation, a war against sin. It's a thing. Now, yes, Jesus has pretty much already won. And when he comes back, victory is his and victory shall be him and his followers forever and ever. Amen. But we have to recognize that there is temptation, there is sin, and there is, and Satan still is what work. Satan is not to be underestimated. I'm not saying look at Satan, Satan as a god. But look as the devil. He is a deceitful one. He is Lucifer. He is meant to look beautiful to our eyes. But really, he's deceitful and he's sniving and he's very, you know, um, I feel cheesy saying evil, but that's what he is. He is evil. And so there is a spiritual warfare. So within our spirit, within our spiritual bodies and mindset, we need to recognize that there is a spiritual warfare. So in return and in, um, in return to that, we need to pray and seek God read the scripture and just meditate on them and find purpose in them and let the Holy Spirit be your counsel. Because the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, we're going to call it, is the great counselor. And so it will lead us and help us with any questions that we have. And so kind of like wrapping that whole idea up, having the whole mind, body, and soul, I'm not saying that that's all we are. We're just the sum of mind plus body plus soul equals us. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is I think those three elements can be pretty fundamental and pretty impactful in our day-to-day life, whether it's at the gym or at school or at work, or heck, maybe just even doing classwork, doing schoolwork, maybe in in, in your marriage, if you're married listening to this, in a relationship, maybe you're not, maybe you're not in a relationship, maybe you're single. Hey, it still works your day to day life. Hey, I'm single right now but body mind and soul completely you know it, it pretty much almost covers everything I do on a daily basis and it, it is involved and invoked in everything I do and so you know you can't have one without the other you can't have you can't be you know I mean you can you can go and you can help out in the community and try to build com- God's kingdom and you can have your mind focused on God or the things of God but if you never had that that initial relationship between God and your soul and your life and your heart then then it's imbalanced the scale will never work and your works will be pointless you know faith without works is dead you have to have that initial um, foundation and layer of faith in order to really have have impactful actions you know same thing you have to have the mind so you can focus on God and you can have that rationale of God. You have to have that, you have to have the mind so you can have efficient, effective, pure, holy, and righteous thoughts so that your mind can travel you to the right way of God. Because people don't like to admit this, but your mind really can dictate who you are and what you do and what you become. For example, I used to see a lot of people that used to listen to pretty dark music and when I mean dark music I mean like the lyrics were really depressing really down um just really like just not encouraging whatsoever which I'm not saying I have something against like you know emo music or screamo music like do I like it no but am I going to judge you for it I'm going to try not to even though like when it comes to music I'm more of a hard rock metal guy so I can somewhat understand it but basically what I'm getting to is like, I used to see people listen to a certain kind of music and next you know, they become a gloomy person, a depressed person, a person of not much encouragement. And so our mind, if we're not careful, our subconscious and conscious thoughts can come together to really dictate who we are. And of course the body, you know, if we aren't getting up every day, I mean, not maybe not every day, but if we don't get out and go to the community, go to the people and serve God's people and serve the kingdom and serve under the king, then are we even worthy of calling ourselves followers of Jesus? One of Jesus' main things he kind of did was he served people. I mean, heck, his whole sacrifice on the cross can be seen as a service to us, a service from our sin, which obviously we can't save people from sin, but we can lead them to a Savior and to the God who can. And so, like I said, when you imagine mind, body, and soul, think about a triangle. Have a a mind at the top, body at the bottom left, and the soul at the bottom right. Just have this triangle. You can draw it out. But the cool thing I was thinking about when I was thinking about this triangle is I was thinking about the Trinity, you know, God the Father, um, God the Father, Son, um, and the Spirit. So you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost slash Holy Spirit. And I was thinking about the Trinity, and think about another triangle. Draw another triangle in your head, just like the other triangle, and maybe draw them side by side. And on the top, put the Father. And on the bottom left, put the Son. And on the bottom right, put Holy Spirit. And those two triangles relate to each other, because think about it like this. At the top, you have the mind, and on the other triangle at the top, you have the father. You know, we, when we think about the father, we think about almost, like I said, like almost like a non-physical being, but a holy, a pure, a holy being, a divine being with a lot of thoughts. You know, his ways are higher than my ways, and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And so, it's kind of interesting to think that God is almost intertwined with the with the term of mind. Now, am I am I trying to Limit God the Father to the mind. No, when I make up this triangle and everything, I'm not limiting God. I'm, that's not what I'm trying to do. I just thought it was a cool revelation that when you think about God the Father, you think about this divine being, this uh, deity with a non-physical body. You know, you think about someone that you keep your thoughts on. And then you go to Jesus the Son, so, on the bottom left of the triangle, you have the body, and on the other triangle on the bottom left, you have the Son, Jesus. And that, it clicked in my mind that Jesus does have a physical body, you know, the Word became flesh and He walked among us, and so that's really cool to think about. And also, Jesus is a perfect representation of of what we should do with the body. You know, He was He was very healthy. Um, well-maintained, is he treated his body just like the te- just like a temple. And not even just how his body looked and how his outward appearance was and his inward appearance was, but also the things he did with his body. He served others. He helped others. He worked hard. He had responsibilities. And that's a perfect image of what we should do in terms of when we think of the body in that triangle. And by the way, when I'm talking about this, I'm not talking about the father the son and the spirit as separate um entities i'm talking about the three in one and this triangle almost encapsulates just the awesomeness that is found in the holy trinity and then let's move down to the bottom right of the triangle i hope you can imagine this in your head if not don't worry i'm going to try to make a picture with it so imagine in like the bottom right you have the soul and in the other triangle on the bottom right you have the holy spirit the Holy Spirit is non-physical, and it's almost like a conscience, a guidance, and that's the same almost defining thing of our soul is that It's our relationship with God. it's our connection to God. And currently to this day, I think the Holy Spirit is our strongest, is one of our strongest, if not the strongest, connection we have to God overall, to the Lord. It's our connection to the Lord and to have, and through prayer and everything, and it guides us. And so that's where the spirit matches up with the soul. So it's really cool that God gave me this image of these two triangles almost going hand in hand with each other. Because I think when you think mind, body, and soul, it so perfectly relates to the Trinity. I'm not saying the the Holy Trinity is limited to this but you think of the mind you think of the fodder you think of the body you think of Jesus coming becoming flesh you think of the soul you think of the holy spirit our greatest counselor so it's amazing what god does and so whatever in your day-to-day life whether it's at the gym like i said at the gym at school heck, maybe even driving doing the little things like doing your bills making dinner whatever you do always approach it with mind body and soul Because those three come together to give us real strength. And when we put those foundations, the mind and the body and the soul, when we put that trust and we put those elements and we base them on the kingdom and on the wisdom and the relationship of God, then we will truly be as strong and as willpower as ever, as faithful as ever, no matter what storm comes. And so I really hope this was really educational to you guys. It was something that I pretty I put a pretty good bit of research into, or at least as much as I could. There's no idea what topic I'll do next. I'll go ahead and let you guys know. I'm actually working on getting a guest to come on this podcast. Ooh, pretty cool, right? Hopefully things will work out. And I would love this um for you to hear their story. I'm not gonna spoil it, but it's a pretty, pretty, pretty gnarly thing that's going on. And let's keep growing this podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in every week. And I'm definitely pray for you guys. So, you know, God be with you guys. And I hope and pray that you have a great next upcoming week and that everything, you know, comes your way. And if if you're going through a hard time, God will get you through it, my man and my woman. I keep saying my man. I mean, in a general term, it's just what I do. But anyways, I'm signing off, you guys. It is 3.17 in the morning and I need some sleep. I'll see y'all later.